0: Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Malavika and I'm Akshaya We are back after a slightly long hiatus and we have um, some special news this week. We have another guest star. So this guest is my best friend, Hugh.
1: Hello, I'm Hugh. <laughs> I'm the number one sulking and adulting fan. I've listened to every episode. So I'm incredibly excited to be here today.
0: So we thought that Hugh would be um, an interesting addition to our podcast because in addition to me having very interesting conversations with Malu, I would say the next person that I talk about literally anything and everything with is Hugh. Um, And so today's topic uh, I thought would be particularly salient to him especially. But before we get to that, let's do a little recap of our weeks. So Malu, how was your week?
2: It was pretty good. Um, We did something really exciting a couple weeks ago. We actually got to watch Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway. That was last
0: weekend. (laughs) Last weekend. See, you know, the days are just a little too long. Yeah, we um, wanted to make it a fun little weekend, and we thought that my leg would be better, but it wasn't. So I braved New York City in crutches, which was... um, A monster. Uh, Maybe another episode on that coming soon. But yeah, that was a good time. What about you, Hugh? What were you up to?
1: I just finished a watercolor class. That's what I've been up to. So painting, whatnot. But I've also actually seen Cursed Child. So we've all had that experience, I guess.
0: (laughs) I thought it was actually like really interesting. I'd never, like, before that, I hadn't seen a Broadway show in like probably 10 years. Um, It was really long, which I didn't expect. But also, it was almost like watching a movie uh, just on stage. And I thought that it was like a really interesting way to kind of tell the story. No,
2: yeah. I was gonna say, I actually didn't really know anything about the Cursed Child story itself um, before we watched the play. And I think I was asking you, a like what even is this supposed to be about because I had no context on what the show actually was. Um, but it was so much better than I expected. Like I'm not usually a play musical type girl. I don't really like to watch movies really either, but this
0: was, this was so good. hate entertainment of all kinds.
2: (laughs) I just, listen, I'm
0: not that type of girl, but this really got me. Okay. So to bring it back to our main focus of this week, um, the title for this episode is "Going Against the Grain," and it was actually concocted by my friend Hugh. So I will have him explain what that means.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think the kind of overarching idea here is, um, America. In America, there's this idea that we should all be free thinkers. We should do what inspires us, and the money will follow, etc. But people who actually do that who actually pursue their own interests or go against the grain are often met with a lot of criticism and confusion as to what they're doing and kind of this idea of like get back to your real life go get a real job that kind of thing and that's been my experience anyway but uh, i think that can take shape in a lot of ways uh
0: And this is particularly interesting, I guess, to the both of us, because for a period of time and I'm still in this, but um, for a bit, both of us didn't have, quote unquote, real jobs. Um, And I questionably still don't have a real job. Um, And so that was why it was really interesting for us to kind of, you know, talk about this and also interesting to have a contrasting point of view, because Malu has uh, a very, quote, real, unquote, job. So
2: I think it's interesting that you brought this up, Hugh, because especially now, especially with Gen Z and for people in my generation growing up, people who are entrepreneurial and are doing things that are kind of considered going against the grain, or I guess entrepreneurship was previously considered going against the grain. Now it's like what everybody's doing. Everybody has a small business. Everybody's creating their own companies. Everybody works at a startup. But it's interesting because a lot of those people used to think that they were going against the grain and that has just completely shifted now because, like I said before, everybody has their own business and I just think it's interesting to see what the new normal is and how people, like, how that just keeps changing because now, you know, for you guys and the experiences that we'll get into just shortly, that's completely different than what you would have thought would be going against the grain a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, I think that there was also, like, um, a very traditional view of what was expected of you when you finished college like the whole path is extremely linear and you know you go to college you get a degree that you know will get you a job in an industry that makes you money and then you go into that job and you start making money and you move up and you know you stay in that company and just keep getting promoted and buy a house and whatever whatever but that's absolutely not um what our experience is. And for context, Hugh and I went to the same school, we graduated in the same class. And I think it was like, very evident to us when we graduated that that traditional pathway that I just described was not going to be the likelihood for us. Like, especially for me, because I studied engineering. So that was one of those things that was really, um, like, looked upon favorably in that, you know, you get a good job. And, you just make money and then you can do all of those things that are expected of you but I noticed really quickly that when I was looking for jobs um, that the jobs that were open to me were really low paying and they weren't even the type of job that I was like almost advertised to get so it really felt like um, a veil was over my eyes and it got lifted and really the only pathway to the jobs that I that I was told that I should have um, would be either to just rough it out in these jobs that I knew I would hate and did not want to do or like go into higher education and then I would be able to kind of jump those introductory levels and go straight into something that um, I had more likelihood of enjoying and so then you know I'm stuck in this position now where like I'm in higher education and I know at the end of this I'll have a job that I like but then it's like everyone around me is you know working at like consulting or a tech company and by this point i've been out of school like undergrad for four years now so it's like oh they're managers like they're making six figures now you know they're going on vacations they're buying condos some of them are getting married and it's like all of that is so far-fetched for me and doesn't even seem like within the realm of possibility which you know i've talked about this before Um, And so it almost feels like I'm stuck in, like, some weird alternate reality where I exist on a completely different timeline, yet on a day-to-day basis, I'm just constantly like, this is what you were supposed to be doing. This is, you know, if you had done things differently, like, you would have had a more linear life in that way. Um, And so I think that has been something that I, like, constantly have to um, deal with.
1: Um, I don't know about you, Akshay, but for me, it was also very disorienting. I, I went through these, like, four years of college where it was kind of, like, pushed down my throat that I should pursue, you know, some nice job. I ended up working at, um, like, a reputable tech company, but it was very confusing and disorienting. I always felt confused why I was unhappy with my career and unhappy with, like, following the grain, so to speak. And I just had no, I didn't really understand like why I felt that way. And I think, um, I think you're kind of just like drinking the Kool-Aid or whatever. And it can take a while to remove yourself from that. And as you said, like everyone else around you is getting promoted they're like having jobs that are definitely like six figures and you're over here (laughs) not you but the metaphor metaphorical you like potentially broke or just like confused about your life or even like for me like I had this job but I saw no future for myself in that job um and eventually I didn't have to see a future for myself in that job
2: well Hugh I have a question for you based off of all of your experiences and how what you were feeling in your past job did you ever feel guilty for having those feelings like you were never really happy with how your career was going you didn't see a future in that specific job or that specific company did you feel guilty that like i have this really good job and i'm getting paid well and i get to live you know this life that so many people would want to live and yet you know your mental health is not great and you're not happy
1: yeah, that's a good question. I definitely I had a lot of guilt about it. I feel like there's um was guilt about just like work in general, like should I like I never felt like I was working hard enough in this corporate like corporate world, corporate job. But I also remember like my first my first week at my my job right out of college. That was this like reputable tech company as I said. I met someone who was like I um i got a master's i've been working towards getting we had the same job at the company we're both business analysts and he's like i've been working towards this goal for you know like whatever it was like five years or something and i remember just thinking like i don't even want this like i don't even want the job that you work so hard to get and yeah there's definitely some like guilt around that like i'm holding a job that someone out there is dying to have i should appreciate what I have more as opposed to just being like this is just a means to the end to an end at the moment
0: what about you though Malu? because how does that like because you're kind of in a similar boat yeah I mean I think it's different for me because Hugh
2: has a lot of um he can look at it sitting there now he can look in the past and kind of reflect on his experiences and his feelings whereas I'm I'm like in the thick of it I just hit my four month anniversary with my company. So happy four month anniversary to me. Um, but within these four months, I've definitely had a lot of different feelings. I started off feeling just so still super imposter syndrome y like, wow, this is a job that so many people, like you said, Hugh, work so hard for. And I just feel like I never really sought it out. It just kind of. Happened and I said yes, and then now I'm here, and that doesn't mean that I'm not super grateful for the job and the the life that I live now because of it. But it was just like I didn't really ask for this, and I sometimes I feel because me and Hugh went to the same university too, and we're both in the business school. Like I feel like you don't really have that many options. I wasn't really exposed to the different things that I could do with my degree. It was mostly just shoved down my throat that I have to get these like three different jobs these three different companies and then that is exactly what happened so in terms of like going against the grain i didn't do that at all in fact i'm doing exactly what (laughs) the business school like primed us to do so i don't know i think it's it's an odd feeling because i go to work every day and i just feel kind of weird sitting there amongst people who have worked so hard for this job and i'm not saying i didn't work hard but you know what i mean like it's just it's a very weird disorienting feeling as you said
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say is that you definitely worked hard to get your job. You were, you were hustling all those years. We talked about it <laughs> all the time. So you definitely deserve it. But yeah, it's definitely true that like in the business school, I even I got a degree in marketing, but I hadn't even within a degree in marketing, I had no idea the types of jobs I could do, especially like creative jobs. Like I was definitely pushed towards a certain type of job in the business school that was more like in the consulting world or analytics world I don't know (laughs) typical stuff
0: I don't think people even tell you that there is any other option to do anything other than these jobs that essentially you're required to produce a lot of output for whatever organization that you're working for like there is no way to leverage it in that you have more say in your job and I think it's all so hierarchical that like it's, you know, if you you started at the bottom and you have such a limited range of what you can do and you're literally just doing, like, the same thing until you move up and then you have, like, slightly more things that you can do. But there's very little uh, freedom and control. And I found that personally I didn't like that. And I really wanted to have, like, more wiggle room. Um, speaking for, like, m- science particularly... Um. Yeah, I don't think that like even when I get my PhD, like I think I'll have a little bit more freedom. But depending on the job I get, it's the same thing where I have to do this one very specific thing. I mean, even the whole concept of getting a PhD is like what I spend five years studying this like extremely specific thing. And once you get to the end of that, it's like how can I leverage that to do other things that I care about? Like I'm studying one thing in science. That doesn't mean that I hate every other science thing or that i'm not interested in any other science things or like you know maybe after five years of this i would want to do something else um and i don't think that avenues for that type of mobility are discussed like you mentioned hugh that you didn't know that there were any other like creative jobs that you could do or like how to leverage your degree to do that and i'm sure that there's a way to leverage all of these degrees but it's almost like you're not meant to I don't know, maybe I'm like two big brothers watching out here.
1: You definitely are. You're, <laughs> you're implying something for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think the main thing that kind of inspired me to want to talk about this topic today is, um, you know, I had that corporate tech job. And in some ways, um, you know, what I wanted kind of came true because I was a part of the tech layoffs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um i was part of the tech layoffs and i remember when it happened it's it was like a bittersweet feeling like i i didn't obviously didn't want to be laid off because that was my income but it opened up this like world of possibility to me and it kind of gave me the opportunity to go against the grain so to speak and do my own thing um and thankfully i i received a very large severance <laughs> from my tech layoff. And, um, I decided to completely pursue a different career. I just knew what I was doing was not making me happy. Um, so I started pursuing like essentially web design, um, app design. And, um, it was, it was very interesting though. Cause I very intentionally did not look for a new job at first. I chose to just be unemployed and, work at my craft, learn my new skills. Um, kind of sounds like girl boss hustle culture, but like not in that way, more in a like self nurturing way. Um, and I think this is where I first started to really feel this like idea of going against the grain because I really felt like misunderstood and about what I was trying to do. Um, I definitely had people in my life who were like, so when are you going to get a job? And it, <laughs> and If only it was that simple, especially um, this was all happening mostly last year and this year when the economy has been all over the place. Um, But it was actually, in a lot of ways, was really freeing. Like you would think that going against the grain, doing something different with your life and career than all of your friends and peers are doing um, would make you feel maybe insecure or... Um, uncomfortable, but I actually felt incredibly free um, for a lot of that time. And I think that's because just like, when you're working a nine to five job, um, your entire life revolves around your employer, what your employer, you know, when your employer wants you to show up to work, when your employer wants you to leave work, what days you get off. And I went from that to essentially free control of my schedule since most of my time was just kind of studying this new career I wanted to pursue and like connecting with people in my in, like intended industry. So I just had my whole own schedule and I would, I would do whatever I wanted. Like I would go to the park at 10am and rollerblade because I felt like it. And then at 10pm I would be like doing my work, you know, studying, practicing uh, design. And it was It was interesting because it was, I think I had like the complete freedom of my life and my schedule, but what was at the same exact time that Makshaya had started her PhD. And this is where I think I started to see like a lot of parallels between us because I, we were both doing something a bit abnormal. We weren't doing nine to five jobs. We were like um, spending our days very focused on one particular thing, like her science and, and me design. And I think we've shared a lot of similar feelings where like we were kind of felt misunderstood by um, others because no one no one else is doing that. So they don't, they don't know exactly how it feels. Um, but I think with, I don't know, actually I'll let you answer but I think for you it seemed like it was the complete opposite though where I had total freedom of my schedule and just doing whatever I felt like with my life. Essentially, you were (laughs) in the lab, like all day, every single day, Um, I'll turn it over you.
0: Yeah, it almost is different in that way because you're like a slave to the schedule, but the schedule doesn't have um, any limits because it's like, oh, if your experiment has a weird time point, like you bet you're coming in at 10 p.m. to do whatever the hell. Um, And we both would often be working on weekends. so like in a way it is kind of free because I had times where like I could just go home at like 2 p.m. And I was like chilling for the rest of the day and I just had to pop back in at 8 to do something and then like come home. But it, it is um, different and the same because it's like I don't really have any say. I try to structure it because I personally feel like I need a work-life balance. But that's really hard too when you don't have some external um, body, you know, like, For example, Malu, you know, you can come home from work and do you feel like it's nice to just log off and like not have to think about it for till the next day? Yeah, typically it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like something that's, you know, hard to get used to because then you just kind of have to be like, I don't know if I can do whatever or like, yeah, I have to work. But yeah, also, I think it's interesting other people's attitudes on having that lifestyle because sometimes it's like you have to set your own boundaries to like no i can't do this because i'm working and they're like what do you mean and it's like no i'm working
1: yeah i think also like, i think it's interesting you point that out because not only is it is there kind of this like assumption that um your schedule is wide open it's like oh you're a student or like for me it was like i was unemployed so to speak but intentionally like pursuing a different career so it is an assumption that your your calendar is completely free but also that assumption about your calendar kind of extends to um expensive activities like because people feel like you're free they're like oh like you're free for brunch right or do you want to take a really expensive trip to wherever and you it was very odd where you're just like um I don't really have the money to do those things right now with (laughs) with what's going on in my life
0: and that's like another thing too and I know Malu you can definitely speak about this too because you're like the queen of part-time jobs um (laughs) and like you know when you're working and you don't have as much money as like other people I think that If you're surrounded by people who are kind of in a more affluent group I'm not saying that you're like surrounded by millionaires by any means but like you know if you have people who have been working and they have like regular jobs and like things are more or less quote normal so to speak um, it's kind of hard to be the the limiting link to be like I can't because I have to budget and then it doesn't feel good but then you're like I don't know, this is just the reality of how it is, which is like another thing. Cause I think at least by this age that Hugh and I are, people kind of expect you, they're like, okay, you need to have like your savings account and then your retirement account and you have to 401k and you have to have stocks. And it's like, okay, well I'm in grad school. Uh, There's like $1 coming in every week. (laughs) Like I don't have that.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting too, because I mean, especially for you guys, how do you find the the balance between pushing it a little and being like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go to this brunch or I'm going to go to this dinner. I'm going to go on this trip with my friends because I'm in my 20s and I'm only in my 20s once and I'm going to just like bite the bullet and make the investment to be with my friends versus actually I need to be smart about this and like not do that.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I was just broke. So I feel like... Well, when when I was working, I was definitely embracing a life in my 20s. And now I'm uh, happy to report to the podcast listeners that I have a full-time job again. <laughs> so, I'm I'm back to having some amount of money. Um but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just like always a balance or honestly just being truthful. Like I can remember pretty early when I um had, was in my fun employment era someone like a friend reached out and was like hey like i want to organize a weekend trip like are you like are you down i remember all my other friends were like yeah, i'm down i'm down and i was just like just honest and was like i just can't afford to do that and it's yeah like Akshay i said it it's not fun because i feel like there's this attitude there's kind of an attitude with money sometimes where it's just like you only live once you should spend your money um, but what if you have no money to spend <laughs> so <laughs> you can't do that uh, um, but I'm kind of curious so for Akshay and I going in against the grain has kind of looked like kind of career-wise but Malu I'm curious about where you might have seen it in your life I know something that comes to mind for me for you is that you lived at home through a lot of college which like Akshay and I did not do that at all we lived on campus but I'll leave it up to you to, if you want to talk about that Wait, or something else. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm curious, Molly, to ask you about where maybe you've seen in your life, you know, that the idea of going against the grain. Um, I think when we were uh, preparing for this topic, something that came to mind for me, for you, was that you uh, lived at home throughout college, which a lot of people don't like a lot of people live on campus and they never have that experience of kind of being a commuter and and what that's like.
2: Yeah. I guess that does, that was going against the grain and I didn't really think of it like that when it was happening, but that was more of something that I feel like I had to do because of the circumstances. So I chose to graduate early because college is expensive and I didn't want to pay for an extra semester. Um, So I was a part-time student my last semester and ended up commuting for like what those three months or whatever and it definitely was a completely different experience because my first year of college was cut short because of the pandemic. My second year I lived at home once again because of the pandemic. My third year was the only year that I lived fully on campus and uh, I was like super unwell that year (laughs) like mental health was not good and I think that definitely weighed into my decision of ultimately ending up commuting my last year because I realized that you know I'm not the type of person who really wants to be surrounded by the thing that stresses me out the most um and it didn't help that like I lived right across from the business school so it was just like there all the time whether Mm. I wanted it to be or not um but I don't know. I think maybe I'm not the greatest person to ask about this because I am definitely someone who loves their alone time.
1: So like
2: it didn't really... You said,
1: I went against the grain and I loved it. Yeah. Like I
2: went against the grain and it wasn't that bad. I It was definitely tough. Like, you know, me and Akshu talk about this too, because she is considering, you know, maybe not living on campus anymore, but it was hard to make go the extra mile to make plans with my friends and feeling like I couldn't do those fun spontaneous things that I had been doing before and that's kind of where you make all of your core memories in college I feel like and I felt like I didn't really get that my last year as well as the fact that I did graduate a semester early so I didn't get my senior year spring break I didn't get my like you know my last semester of finals and then doing the graduation thing I didn't get that but at the same time I think it was just like it was so circumstantial it was something that I needed to do for my circumstances and it went so fast that I feel like I didn't really like you know when you go through experiences and you kind of black out and then you're at the end of it that that, that's like what it felt like for me
1: (laughs) me until age 25
0: (laughs) That's how I feel until literally every day. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but that is interesting that you mentioned that. Because like, yeah, I, um, I'm thinking about moving back home just because it saves more money and I'll like have more money that way. But it is really sucky because I'm like, I don't want to have my friends stop asking me to hang out and stuff like that just because I'm never free. And it's like, okay, but my commute is like an hour and a half long so you know that's um another thing but also alternatively like i need a three day three business day (laughs) advance notice for anything anyway um so yeah but you know those are like alternative ways that people don't really think about that kind of affect your life about doing different things
2: yeah totally it feels very alienating at some points too because you start your day off alone making that hour plus commute and then you're ending your day and you're also alone Whereas, you know, when I lived on campus with my friends, it was like I came home from really tough day of classes and I would have my friends and my people there around me and it felt completely different. So I do feel like that experience was alienating for me, but I think I also learned a lot. I think I learned how I best recharge and I kind of stopped trying to force myself to be this extroverted version of myself. Like I... I like to be alone, and that's how I recharge. And I just embrace that. I got to embrace it, and honestly, nobody else could really force me to do anything about it because I was like, "Listen, I gotta go home." So it's not even like one of those things <laughs> where people were like, "Oh my God, you should come out. You're such a buzzkill. You're not coming out with us." It was like, "No, listen, I got, I gotta go home." Uh,
1: that's okay. It's interesting you say that, though. It's like. Kind- this bad situation so to speak like air quotes bad situation helped you learn about yourself that you're more introverted than maybe you had thought before because i had a very similar situation as well actually um i spent i did an internship in a city that i didn't live in and when i went to do that internship for the summer i had thought i was like an extrovert and i had to i spent essentially the whole summer alone because it was like across the country and i didn't know anyone and it completely changed who I thought I was. And I realized that, like, I was not – I think I, I was not an extrovert. Or, like, I wasn't, like, a high on the extrovert scale. Like, I was in the middle between introvert and extrovert. So I guess sometimes doing things that <laughs> are difficult or whatever can help teach us about ourselves.
2: I do want to ask you guys, though, because, I mean – Akshu and I have known Hugh since what year? Like 2012?
0: I don't know, since the VCs, Yeah. Like
2: <laughs> we've known Hugh for a long time, especially you, Aka. You guys have been best friends for so long and grew up in the same town, middle school, high school, went to college all the same and you guys actually ended up back in our hometown and as like you know Oh no, <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> um as you know 20 20- I don't even know how old you guys are 26 26 year olds wow um, <laughs> back you know back in our hometown what was that feeling like what did you guys experience especially you know Hugh you had that traditional experience of moving out of the house right after college having that nine-to-five job and then ultimately coming back home a couple years later even though it was intentional did you ever have feelings of like feeling trapped or just I don't know not feeling like you What's the word I'm looking for? Um
1: I think I think that yeah, feeling trapped yeah. or like like you regressed, maybe.
2: <laughs> not even necessarily that. Did you feel like you um You know what? I'm going to think of the word, but you go ahead and answer the question. <laughs> okay.
1: This um actually Akshay and I feel like have very different answers for this, which is interesting cuz we're similar in a lot of ways, but not in this way. But yeah, I I ended up moving back home twice now, which has been quite the interesting change in my life. Um, I think this time around, it's a bit better, but the first time was during COVID and um, I just didn't want to be here like at all, which if I'm being honest, like I still feel that way um, living in my hometown that I grew up in, I don't really want to be here. And I definitely, I don't know, for me, I felt like I regressed in some ways, but there is some degree of like, I don't know how to phrase it. Maybe just like peacefulness about being back in your hometown. It's very familiar. Like I drive past the library or the mall that I went to. Actually, sometimes it's kind of like almost dystopian. Like I drive past the mall. Um, and my my new job is in the city that I grew up in. So I drive past the mall on the way to work or like the movie theater. And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like a full adult going to my nine to five job. And there's the movie theater that I went to a hundred times to see Hunger Games over and over. <laughs> so, and I will be doing that again in two weeks um, <laughs> when the new one comes out. But I think that's how I, I've, I felt overall is just like, I don't really want to be here, but it is a sort of like... I do feel kind of at peace here. It's like very familiar and of all the places to be in America, this is in the top half of the places <laughs> I could be. Like I'd rather, if you flip a coin, I'd rather be here than somewhere else. <laughs>
2: and I have a quick question for you before Akka answers, just because I I know what she's going to say, but obviously the other people don't know. <laughs> um, Like when you are, and Hugh, we've talked about this too, but when you're out and about and living your life in our hometown and you encounter somebody else that you know what oh. like do you feel like you're being judged or like what's what's the kind of feeling that you have when you see people that you used to know or people who are in your life in a completely different phase of your life
1: Yeah <laughs> I think um actually I I was going to say that I feel judged but maybe I'm the one doing the judging honestly <laughs> <laughs> Like Maybe I only feel judged because I am, I think there's definitely that idea that like if you stay in your hometown in some way you failed or like you didn't go out out there and see the world, which I don't really think that uh, describes me because I've lived in several cities that aren't this hometown. But I I think I would say that like when I see someone in public, I do, in in our hometown, I do feel judged or I feel like screwed. I guess, like, scrutinized in some way. Like, I wish they just didn't know I was there. <laughs> but like I said, sometimes... I, maybe, like, in part, though, I'm also, like... Maybe I need to check myself somewhat. And, like, maybe I'm judging... <laughs> maybe I'm judging as well. Like, why are they still in, the hometown, <laughs> in our hometown as well? You
0: know? I will say it's kind of interesting, too, because in high school, there was a really um, narrow group of people that we interacted with, of which... I think we're the only ones like left in our hometown and everyone else, not that they're far, but you know, like, we're the only ones that are here really, really often. And so it's not that often that I see anyone who I'm like, I care about your opinion, but at the same time, it's like, what are you doing here? Like I don't necessarily want to be perceived by people who know me from a previous era of my life where I feel like that's not representative of who who I am now. So I'm like, are you thinking about 17 year old me and being like, what is she doing here? And it's like, no, that's not who I am. Um, I will say I'll echo the fact that like, I do feel a lot of peace being home. And I think that some of that comes with the fact that like, there's some anonymity here where like when I'm at where my school is, it's like, I just know too many people. And it's like, everything is stressful There and here, I'm like, the only people who really know me and interact with me are like Hugh and my parents. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, I think I struggle more with like other people being like, oh, she still lives at home. But luckily, I have friends that are like still at home and that have never moved out. But I'd say some of it is just like, oh, I'm jealous. Like I want to move somewhere. Um, But I mean, realistically, that's just not in the cards for me right now. Um, what I do want to kind of pivot to is like how being um, adjacent or not quite, not adjacent, adjacent's not the word. Like the opposite or different from what is traditional, like how does that affect your mental health and like how you perceive yourself? Because one thing that I think about is like my starting point is not the same as other people's starting point because I went back to the like a different starting line. And now when I exit, I will be entry level still. I mean, obviously like I'll have a doctorate degree, so like my entry level is not the same as like someone who just has a bachelor's, but like I'm just starting my career. But by that time, like my, most of my peers have, will have been in their careers for like almost a decade. Um, so I'll ask you and then I kind of um, also wanna see like, Malu, your perspective as someone who is starting from there and like where you would see yourself when you're our age.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I say hmm, because it's just not a straight answer. I feel like um <clears throat> when I first left my job, um and I got my severance and I had a lot of money in the bank account, I my mental health was actually doing really well. I think I had a lot more it it's I was using my time like wisely, like I, I was, you know, working towards a different career and stuff like that. But I had a lot more mental space than I had before. And I I also felt a lot more true to myself, like working that 9 to 5 job, um, which just to be clear, I was very thankful. <laughs> anyway, some, by some miracle, one of my <laughs> co-workers is listening. I loved my team and um, I was very thankful for my job. But it just the type of work I was doing was just not what made the most sense for me. Um, but anyway... Um, that sidetrack got me sidetracked. (laughs) Yes, my mental health was doing, yeah, so initially my mental health was doing better. I had like a lot more free space. And also I think just like, this is kind of a, a random side note, but I had a lot more like quiet time. Like when I was working full time, it was just like constant meetings, talking, really intense focusing like on different tasks I had to complete, you know, throughout the entire day. So I had a lot more like mental uh, clarity, but also liter- like quite literally like more quiet time throughout the day, which I think was really good for my mental health. Um, and I actually even did, there was a I had a period where I did like a mental health experiment on myself. <laughs> it sounds insane. But basically I, I tracked every single activity I did and how it impacted my mood to find out which things made me unhappy. And... um I loved that study because in the end it was like taking meetings makes me unhappy doing tasks makes me unhappy <laughs> but then it was like reading books makes me happy um like it was like happiness increased 27% when you when I read a book which <laughs> is like exactly what you would expect but um it was very affirming in that and I think where like my mental health started to struggle a bit more was when the money started to dry up and I started to feel the pressures of society <laughs> so when I didn't have just like I didn't have I started to have to face the fact that I had to like essentially reenter society and get a full time job. I was like so much more stressed and like the interview. Like if you've ever been like job searching, like for real, it's so tough on your mental health. It's just like being scrutinized and analyzed throughout the uh, hiring process. It's very insane. Um, yeah, uh Akshay, whoever it feels like
0: malu, I am curious though, because like where we see ourselves, I guess not in ten years because we're turning thirty very soon but <laughs> but for you, like you know, in a decade's time, um like where do you see yourself, and do you ever like because I'm you know so heavily in your life, do you ever like contrast it with like what I'd be doing then? I do think so and sometimes I think
2: about what would happen if I do go against the grain in my future in my career I don't actually know what that looks like for me because I have what literally have no th- idea what I'm good at and no skills whatsoever <laughs> um
0: so no, but you've thought about like you've dabbled oh, in goodness. you've dabbled in thinking about potentially like going to grad school you've been like oh if I had all the time in the world like I would love to study this yeah so it's not something that you've never thought
2: about I mean it's definitely something that I've entertained like kind of unrealistically because now that I've now that I've started working full-time you do really realize like how important it is for you for like us to be making an income which sucks because it's like so capitalistic it's really soul-crushing Um, but I think like yeah obviously, there's so many things I would love to do in the future. is it is it possible? I don't know and and I actually did want to ask you this earlier, Hugh, because hearing you talk about your story of getting laid off and what that did to you and making you feel so liberated had me kind of thinking like, would you have stayed in your job and I don't know, I don't want to call it suffering, but like would you have stayed in your job unhappily? If you had not been laid off, like would you have just succumbed to the nine to five life for however long you needed to, to climb the corporate ladder or would there have been a breaking point somewhere in your future?
1: I just love the phrasing of uh, when I was liberated (laughs) because of the layoff. Um, It's, it's actually a good question. And I, I wish I, so I think realistically I would have stayed in my job. On ongoing until I, eventually, like I knew when I was laid off, I was already like behind the scenes, kind of working towards making some sort of a career switch. Not like very aggressively, but I was like doing a class here or there to try and like beef up my skills. <clears throat> but I um I don't know. Actually, I'm curious if I actually remember this. She has the memory of what don't like elephants have really good memories. She has like the memory of an elephant. So, I'm curious if she remembers this, but there was actually a period very, very close to when I got laid off. Like, within, like, a week or two of when I got laid off, where I was telling her, I was te- I was like, you know, I'm going to try and really save as much money over, like, the next six months or so. Because I'm thinking of potentially just, like, quitting my job. And um, just, yeah, just trying to, like, figure out what to do next instead of that job. Because, yeah, it's like you said, I... I was like, I just think I was pretty unhappy and like trapped in that, in that world, so to speak. Um, so, I think I, I think I really lucked out, in all, in all honesty, and, and I got kind of what I I wanted, but I manifested, I suppose. <laughs> um, but actually, I do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do remember that, and also like before that, there was like this one specific, um, like project or something that you were like I hate this and it was making you really really stressed out and like super unhappy and like all of this kind of happened in really rapid succession where like that project had ended and then you were like I'm gonna start making some moves to like change my industry and so you were kind of you know doing some work and it was very like part-time on your own time kind of thing but then I also remember you being like if I really want to take this seriously like I need to take time off so I think I want to do that in the future. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to try to take some time off. I don't know how long that's going to be. And then like a couple of weeks later, you were like, surprise. <laughs> and then, it, I, I mean, it did all work out in the end, but like not to say that it wasn't stressful because like when you're in it, you don't know what the end is.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's so true. Like every possible preconception I had, like as a, you know, a person with a little bit of anxiety, I, I felt like I could create a timeline for myself that i could stick to but when you are kind of doing something different that most other people haven't done it's impossible to know what your timeline is it's impossible to to say with certainty i'm going to achieve my goal of whatever starting my own business whatever it might be by this date, and it's going to be successful by this date because you're doing something that is a little bit off the beaten path so to speak So I think what originally I had all these ideas that I was like, oh yeah, in six months I'm going to take six months off this layoff, you know, end up working out, and I'm going to get back into it, and it did not, it did not turn out that way.
0: Another thing that we both have struggled with is like when you were going through all of that people would keep being like so when are you get like do you have a job yet when are you going to get a job or like are you applying and I know that that would make you really frustrated and on the similar vein people are always like oh my god so when's your phd done and I'm like i don't know it's done when it's done like <laughs> pretend that it's never going to end unless i tell you it's over you know cuz it's really stressful you don't know and like You know, you couldn't tell when the economy was going to be good. And it's like every industry has a different turnover rate. It's not like, you know, especially now because jobs are really scarce. Um, It's not like you can just like pluck one off the market. And it hasn't been like that for years. Yeah,
2: I guess I want to ask Akka too, like with with where you are right now in your career or like getting your career started and stuff, have you... uh, I guess, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I guess, like, with your decision of going against the grain and pursuing higher education and spending basically, like, all of your 20s in school, have you found peace with it at all?
0: I don't know. It's pretty chaotic day to day. I go through periods where I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I think I'm at, like, a, a very pivotal point now. Um, where I'm like in the process of advancing to candidacy. So I think once that's over, then it will feel like a lot of it has gone by. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It sucks. But like, there's really, at some point to a lot of these situations, there's just kind of like a sense of helplessness that you have to like lean into. Cause you're like, I just have to, like, I can't think far ahead. You know, people are like, oh yeah, you know, this many years. And it's like, I am not doing myself any favors. By planning for that because I can't and I don't know so I just have to do it like day by day week by week you know check off these things and then hope that it ends at some point yeah I think the day by day thing is so
2: relatable <laughs> because I used to be the type of person and I, th- I know you were too that would literally plan my life out for the next like five to ten years and have like all these goals for myself and I had a very specific vision of what my life would look like and then I started working full-time and now it's just completely different I know I've talked to you about it a little like like how I've been feeling recently in my job and not that it's really like anything super negative but it's just once you get actually get into something it's a lot different than you are romanticizing it in your head and I'm the queen of romanticizing everything everything so you know you can imagine my shock when like Working nine to five every day was not so glamorous, and so to me now it's like I don't really know where I'm gonna see where I'm gonna be in ten years. I don't really know where I even see myself in ten years because I don't actually know what I like or dislike. (laughs) Um, But I think it's hard to just like come to terms with the fact that you don't like you. You just have to kind of let go and be like, okay, this is the thing that's happening. I'm just gonna take it day by day and week by week, and then somehow the years go by and things happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> not the years no you're right though and honestly i think you, you i feel like the romanticization of one's life can actually be a good thing and it's it's good to have a little bit of delusion um <laughs> i think uh when when you're doing you're in a situation maybe that isn't ideal that that can kind of protect you in some ways and just keep some lightheartedness in your life. Like deep down, you know, the truth or whatever it may be about your own life. But having a little bit of lightheartedness, a little bit of delusion, I think (laughs) can add some relief, honestly.
0: Well, that was quite the conversation. I feel like we really spanned um, the whole expanse of going against the grain, which, by the way, take a shot every time you heard us say that. How drunk would you be right now? um but yeah i just want to say thank you to hugh for being on the podcast and he will definitely be back because we talk about too many interesting things to not bring him back on
1: and thanks for having me i'm your number one fan so <laughs> i'm honored to be here and i'm going to get both your signatures later uh,
0: <laughs> all right um so see you guys next time bye bye
1: bye